0: Hello, listeners, and welcome to the Montel Weekly Podcast, bringing you energy matters in an informal setting. This week, we return to France. It's been quite a week for the country's nuclear plants. On Monday, EDF announced that it would cut its 2022 nuclear production target by about 5% to between 295 and 315 terawatt hours. Then, after we recorded this episode... President Macron announced plans for new reactor build. I caught up with Chris Eels, Editor France at Montel, after our recording ended. So, Chris, what did uh, Macron say? Yeah, well,
1: Macron has uh, said that France will launch, will build six EPRs, with the first due to come online uh, by 2035. Uh, He also said that they would study options to build eight more reactors in horizon of by t- 2050 in line with carbon targets. He also said that um, he wanted uh, EDF to extend all of its reactors, or as many reactors as possible, beyond 50 years of running times. And that would have to be in line with France's Nuclear Safety Authority, ASN. That's quite uh, interesting. He also talks about a massive development of renewable energy, saying that they would increase solar targets by tenfold by 2050 with an aim of installing 100 gigawatts of solar capacity um, by uh, targeting 40 gigawatts of offshore wind by the same time, France will put in place new regulation of the sale of EDF's nuclear output, which means replacing the current system. The current system is called ARIN. So they will replace that where under this system, EDF is uh, must sell output 42 euros to rivals in France. Um, those are the major uh, major points i think there's also a, a reiterating in a billion euro investment in sm small reactors and uh, investments in hydrogen which he's already has already mentioned in the past
0: brilliant chris thanks very much for updating you know um updating the podcast and now listeners back to our earlier recording helping me to discuss france's targets the new output target in particular was Chris, who you've just heard, but also Paolo Cohi who's the CEO of Akosmatics.
2: Good to have you back, Paolo. Good morning, and uh, it's nice to be back.
0: Perfect. Let's start with events this week. What did EDF announce earlier, and why is it important not only to France, but its neighbours, Chris?
1: EDF reported a cut, another cut. In the nuclear output target, as you mentioned in the intro, what's interesting is this cut isn't that particularly deep, it's 5%, as you said, but it comes, it's the second cut in less than a month. And so that's what's interesting. And the earlier cut was, was much more important. It was um, a 10% cut from what they had previously uh, predicted. And it's a very, very low... I mean, these figures, if if it was to go as low as 295, I think that would be one of the lowest on record. I don't think they predicted that kind of output. Uh, The last time they predicted that kind of output was in... I think it was 1991 or something like that so it's it's way below I and mean, if you compare to last year they produced 360 and then before that 2020 335 those are COVID years so so then the next meaningful comparison is is 2019 and that was 379 so we can see it's a long long way it's a lot lower than that so it's interesting so um now they've said that the reason uh, for these uh, cuts, in both cases, in the the one mid January and this one is uh, the corrosion issues on um which now seem, which could affect the entire fleet. Because what what they said is very interesting. That there are they're talking about potentially eleven reactors at the moment affected, five of which are already offline, three to go off quite soon, and another three where inspections will take place during planned maintenance outages. What's interesting about the latest, um, the latest announcement regarding the corrosion issue is that the, these concern reactors of all types, in other words, of all ages. So it's not just the old ones. We've got the two 900s being looked at, um, 1.3. So that's 1.3 gigawatts and 1.5 gigawatts. So this, you know it could suggest that there's quite a quite a, a wide wide scale problem here you know for france's 56 reactor is one of the biggest the biggest nuclear generator in europe this kind of situation is very very uh Is obviously boosting prices in France already, uh, obviously, but it's having an impact right across Europe as well because uh, outages in France, reactor outages in France, have a huge impact across Europe. Uh, They drive prices, as as
0: we all know. What do you make of this latest announcement?
2: You know, I'd I'd like to go back with the news and I'd like to um, expose some news from July 2021. I think it's newsworthy because back in July 2021, EDF upgraded its nuclear output uh, estimate, right? So it went up by about 5% to 345, 365. So essentially, all along last year, things were going well, you know, market recovery from the 2020 sort of COVID uh, impact proceeding well on uh, on the works. And then lightning hits again, right? So this is a little bit the plight of EDF. Everything is fine until it isn't. And in this latest case, we've had a sort of a double whammy where EDS realized problems. Problems hit two of the largest and more modern types of units, the 1450 megawatt units. So that, you know, comparatively speaking, hits, you know, only two reactors of that type, you know, obviously uh, way more than the older 900 megawatt reactors. And then as we've seen again and again, time and again, since EDF has built its reactors in a succession using the same or similar, uh, you know, slightly more modern technology, it has been able to, to capitalize on experience, to save on on costs, but at the same time it remains, as ever, exposed to a fault being found in one of the units or types of the units, therefore you know, potentially extending to other similar units, and therefore uh, blocking uh, operations to uh, conduct additional inspections. So this is not the first time it happened. Things were going well for EDF, and then all of a sudden they didn't. And then to add to this, of course, the timing is again, as usual, pretty pretty bad because it's coming in the in the high season where there is higher demand because of seasonality. And on top of that, it's coming in a situation which is the European-wide sort of energy price crisis that certainly is not making things easier.
0: February's been quite mild, hasn't it, Palace? So in a sense, uh, you know, EDF's been quite lucky. If we were having sub-zero temperatures, the beast from the east, uh, that's come in February before, then we'd be in a bit more trouble.
2: Correct, absolutely. So the two things that have been the, in quotes, saving grace for EDF are, at number one, uh, up to now and including the, the forecast by RTE for February, a mild winter, no prolonged, long episodes and, and diffused episodes of cold. They would have certainly made things, have made things worse. And then at the same time, the fact that even though things are going much better than recently, even though the pandemic uh, impact has been reabsorbed, the reality is that Demand in France, especially at the level of the large industrial uh, consumers, the grand industry is still significantly lower than uh, the demand from this, you know, customer segment. It's lower than it used to be before the crisis. And so that, you know, all everything else being the same is helping, uh, is helping EDF out. The, in terms of the production, by the way, I looked the number up. Uh, the last time the number was so, so low, but above 300 terawatt hours, was in 1991, with 315 terawatt hours. Uh, so this year, if the forecast is correct, will be below 300 for the first time since 1990. Mm, that's, uh, that's astonishing.
0: Uh, Chris, what do we know about the problems at these reactors? I mean, do we have any details? Have, what's been published so far?
1: What we know is that um, what we've been told by the safety authority and by EDF is that this is a question of corrosion on the, uh, on the pipes that are they're called um, safety injection circuits, which uh, they're used, they're needed in the event of, a, um, of an emergency, then this circuit would be used to cool reactors to avoid a kind of Fukushima type meltdown. So they're extremely important. What we know is that uh, according to IRSN, which is the technical arm of ASN, the French Nuclear Safety Authority, this stuff, these, this corrosion can lie uh, dormant, if you like. For several years, apparently, it's very, very difficult to detect. This is possibly why they haven't haven't been able to find it in earlier checks. When the when the reactors go off for their long ten year inspections, these kind of things are examined, but they didn't find these cracks on these pipes during those inspects during some of those inspections, and that's because of the way these cracks operate. The way they they grow very, very slowly and can only be detected once cracks have appeared. I mean, that, that sounds a bit strange, but what I'm saying is those, this incubation period like, takes a while and then uh, you need a good ultrasound to be able to detect them. So that's that's a problem for them. They don't know exactly what is causing this because it's important to point out, Paolo, that it's not only the the, the more recent reactors affected because the latest information now is that there, there are two, at least two 900 megawatts, which are the oldest ones, at bougie. And uh, another one I can't remember the name of immediately, but that suggests that it's uh that's quite tricky because it's different it's different ages you know so um that's going to be interesting when they try to analyze the causes for this you know. I understand well. I, from my I also know that there have been cases. This is not the first time it's happened. There have been 150 cases elsewhere in the world in the past. Um, I don't know exactly where, but these are these reactors are designed in America, so it might be uh, interesting to uh, probe uh, um, the Americans
2: to find out what they know about this issue.
0: Mm, and I'm sure some we have some reporters on the case. Uh,
2: Can I just add, and more in general, you know, emphasis and concern for the nuclear industry are skewed towards. Say system safety, right, first and foremost, at the expense of production and efficiency. So whenever there is a problem, you know, they'll pause everything to make sure that the problem is investigated appropriately, right? And if EDF already obviously does this, in case EDF was not compliant or less than compliant, there is plenty of... Regulatory bodies for the uh, nuclear industry in France that would force EDF to take the appropriate measures. And therefore, when things, when faults like this happen, one should not be optimistic in terms of how. Uh, you know, long uh, it will take to um, solve the problem. The
1: other thing, sorry, Richard, just, to, just to add, is that on, on the on the time taking to deal with these issues, you know, it's not clear what the what the cause is. So that's obviously a problem. Secondly, where they are doing repairs, where they are they are actually carrying out repairs at Seville, where the f- the first place they found this corrosion, and that's taking months. And that 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 reactor has been extended, you know, months and months and months. And that's because of, of the time needed to repair. Uh, the pipes so it's a it's a very complicated issue and and lengthy and it will require lengthy does require lengthy outages.
0: that that was going to be my next question, guys, but about the duration and the uh, the expected return of these these reactors that are going to be online, I mean could there be a case you said last year, Paolo, that EDF upped its its forecast for annual output? could there be a case' with saying it might have to reduce further?
2: It is a possibility. Again, a lot a lot depends on a little bit on luck, so to speak, right? So a, a milder March and February would, would help uh, as well as, uh, you know, perhaps a little bit of a break for uh, ADF on the technical side. But if everything regarding these and all types of outages goes according to to what we've seen in the past, I would not be expecting outages to be... Certainly to be shorter than already announced, possibly a little, a little longer. It, it, it's, it's really difficult to be able to tell, you know, if and how much. But, uh, you know, if one could only say, you know, longer or shorter, I would say longer. And then whether that leads to a decrease in, in annual forecast. Again, I think EDF will work really hard to make sure that does not happen but uh you know we'll we'll have to see in uh, in a couple of months you know how things how things are proceeding before we can say whether e d f will further reduce their um their target down
0: absolutely i think we'll we'll you know be waiting on the results of a lot of the these tests but Paolo, if I can also ask you what you know France has historically been a, a net exporter, but in the fourth quarter last year it flipped to being a net importer. What do you expect to to, to happen in the the coming months?
2: To my memory, the only other time that that France uh, was meaningfully importing is during the sort of cold snap episode in January, February 2012, where for a few days there was a lot of Really cold weather over a very wide area of Europe. And France was, you know, once again in a, in a position of need in the, in the winter. But other than that, France throughout the period, you know, if you go back, you know, 10, 15 years or more has always been an exporter on the strength of its nuclear generation. Now, this is a period where this strength is coming, you know, is, is under challenge, so to speak, because of the combined effect of the pandemic, as we said, the long-lived problems that EDF has been dealing with that have to do with the reduction of its workforce, i.e. in terms of engineering capability, and the, I'm not going to judge over the ambitious, the very ambitious uh, program, the Grand Caranage prob- program, which has, you know, has um, is, is been done so that the decennial visits, the 40, you know, the fourth 10-year visits to extend the lifetime of these nuclear units uh, are being carried on, right, which, which is a very crucial point uh, as we move, you know, as we look forward to 2030 and beyond, right, it is extremely important that EDF uh, gets uh, to prolong the life of its nuclear units where possible, right, and so this is going to take additional inspections. So anyways, EDF is very much uh, under, um, you know, pressure situation, and this pressure situation is not going to be uh, let down anytime soon so e d f and with it France and with it europe will have to deal with this situation for a bit longer
0: you know it couldn't have come as a worse time in the middle of the energy crisis uh you know lack of gas uh, as an alternative et cetera et cetera um and you know there's hardly a day where you don't have energy crisis in the headlines but Chris if I can ask you but the, the, for an outsider this seem, would seem a bit odd that at one time on the one side you see you know almost uh, not on a yearly basis but very often certain problems emerging uh, at reactors and not just in one series but across series but yet at the same time they're prolonging the lifetimes of these reactors you know this this does seem a bit odd. This is sort of
1: continuing what Fellows is saying you know these these problems are, are long-lived you know they're uh, there's a lot of pressure on edf because they're trying to extend reactors and as reactors age the problems get worse you know that that, that that is that is very true and that's the situation that france finds itself in um it has a policy of extending reactors that's that's really what it does because uh, uh, they don't plan to to, to close that many uh, and even that plan to close 12 more reactors by 2035 looks very very shaky now it looks it looks uh, a lot of analysts and i don't know what power thinks it is but say they probably won't meet that target but it's a question of aging and a lot of pressure on them. That the, these ten-year visits have all been extended as they find more and more issues. And then on top of that, you get these these corrosion things. You know, almost every every uh, every autumn or winter, we have a, we have a new problem coming up. So uh, it's 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 a um, it's a culmination of different issues, pressure piled on with. Covid, etc., etc., and these latest uh, and these latest issues. Um, France is left in a situation where they where they have to extend reactors. Just to say also that there's no, uh, you know, at the moment the French it's the French safety authority who will decide whether whether France can actually extend reactors in the way it wants to, because. Um, uh, okay, they've given generic uh, the generic green light for the 900s um, reactors to be extended, but then they have to be checked individually. Each reactor has to be checked before they get the green light. But there's no guarantee, and the ASN have said this several times, there's no guarantee whatsoever that they will be able to extend their reactors beyond 50 years. And that's very important because that's what EDF wants to do. And that that puts them in a quite a crunch situation, I would argue, because they can't extend reactors. If they can't extend reactors, they're having difficulty building new ones, as we as we know about. They can't, they don't
0: have, they're way behind in their
1: renewable targets. This looks like some kind of a crunch.
0: Yeah. I mean, that That's going to be my next question to you, Paula. I mean, you have problems with nuclear, problems with old and also with the ones that are being built at the moment. Yet, what's the answer? Oh, yeah, let's build more nuclear. It seems to be there's a sort of stuck in the nuclear rut. I mean, is there a viable alternative for France, Poland?
2: One way to say it is um, there's no plan B, essentially. Um, so what, what do I mean by there's no plan B? So we, we agreed that the okay. So, France needs EDF, Europe needs EDF to produce a lot of nuclear power. Or power by using nuclear electricity. These plants are old. They need to be inspected. They need to be certified to continue generating. Some of these plants will have to be decommissioned. Some new plants will have to be built. Okay. are now, with as I was speaking, we've stretched all the way to twenty thirty five. So, in my opinion, you know, once we factor the government government intervention and what the uh, importance of these units is, it's unlikely that. There will be as many retirements going forward as it was forecast. At the same time, I point out that to build plants, new nuclear plants in scale takes money and time. If we look at the money situation for a second, and you know necessarily we're speaking about EDF, but these are not just EDF's problems. Clearly they're also the French government's problems. EDF has you know was supposed to spend four billion euros. To take Flamanville, the new EPR reactor, online, we're now talking about 13 billions, and still not here. You know, start time will happen sometime in 2023. So, you know, these latest results and the problems EDF has had count up for another, you know, 17 to 20 billion between the money already set aside to continue the grand carnage the money that EDF will have to spend to go in the market and buy additional power that it itself cannot generate. And so if to this we add another estimate of 50 billion to build six new generation EPRs with a target of these coming online in 2035, 37, you know, the pressure is piling up uh, to find a solution, because without without money and time, these um, new nuclear stations are not going to happen. If that doesn't happen, you know, how are we going to get electricity in Europe? That's my question to you guys.
0: Absolutely. Well, that that's something that we will certainly be be asking uh, the market about, Paolo. Um, trust trust us. But Chris, you know, you live in France. There's an election coming up. How much is, is nuclear part of the debate, and is is the You know, France has always been very, very pro-nuclear. You know, we've heard before that if you were anti-nuclear, you're almost anti-French. What's the status now in terms of the election campaign? Are the present problems being talked about at all? Yes,
1: yes. I mean, the, the, you know, the energy policy, energy, French energy policy is part of the election campaign that's ongoing. You know, we're less than less than three months away now. Um, so it, it is, of fit people, candidates are wheeled out on the radio programs and on the TV to air their views, you know, on this issue. And nuclear, nuclear comes into it because obviously the energy crisis, the price crisis is a big deal. It's a big deal all over Europe, and what does that mean in France? Well, then you start talking about nuclear policy. Uh, But what you have in France is a situation where it's almost like, well, you have a situation, it's right versus right, it looks like. Right, right, I don't mean as in right and wrong, I mean as in right and left. (laughs) The front runners are on the right. Let's put it that way. I mean, well, okay. Uh, let's call Emmanuel Macron a centrist, then centre right, if you like. But the, the, his main opponents, it seems, at the moment, are on the right, and they, uh, you know, they, they, they. Uh, some of some of their ideas are quite uh, interesting, um, possibly even entertaining. Like, uh, you know, Marine Le Pen of the far right, uh, Front National, or whatever they're called now, um, would would actually take down uh, wind parks that are already operating. You know, as well as have a moratorium and wind, for example. But what I'm saying is the right in general wants to build new reactors. That's They they don't seem to uh, have, they don't seem to, do they necessarily understand what they're talking about? That That's a good question. Do they know about the details of nuclear policy? Um, I think this is a question tied in with sovereignty, perhaps wrongly, independence, stuff like that, climate change. These, these, these kind of uh, words and topics are banded around and do politicians who uh, occasionally poke their noses into French energy policy actually understand what they're talking about? I don't know if they do, you know, um, but um, it is right versus right in a way that uh, is possibly very wrong. And... Um, uh, you have got a situation where it looks like um, today, I mean, you know, this, well, you know, France, by the time you hear this, France will have announced new, uh, perhaps more details on its nuclear, um, new nuclear program, the first in over 30 years, with potentially up to 14 new EPRs being talked about. But, you know, these are just plans, they're just being talked about. EDF has already said it's very difficult for them to do anything uh, unless they have uh, financial backing from the state and new regulatory measures you know i mean they they, they levy himself said this not very long ago, you know um so so uh, you know the plans about 14 reactors unless there's some kind of state backing, major state backing and regulatory change changes, they won't happen. They can't do it. They can't actually do it. Either. They don't have the clout, the financial clout to do it. But anyway, um, these, these issues are talked about in France. I don't know how, how deep you are how, or how accurately, but they are on the agenda. And as things stand, France looks like it's, the next, next president will probably sign, sign off these new nuclear reactors you know, um, because obviously uh, Macron can't do it unless he becomes president. And uh, even though he's the front runner, uh, he still hasn't uh, said he's running for (laughs) as a candidate.
0: Paolo, you know, the sums you mentioned as well, the 17 billion, the the 50 billion for for new build. These are eye-watering sums. And uh, if I was a, you know, renewables developer or, you know, in in building wind or or solar farms in France, you know, I'd I'd be weeping in despair. I mean, what's the the outlook for for renewables? growth in France.
2: I think the outlook despite everything is is good because even though this energy crisis has expo- uh, exposed the fact that you know some of the projections about having you know a fully renewable Europe are, are are a little bit of a let's say they're unrealistic at the moment, right? That what that means is that nuclear will still be needed, but it does not mean that we're not going to proceed with more environmentally friendly uh, goals and therefore proceed with uh, with renewables so nuclear needed not going away but renewables also see a bright a bright future in France and uh, um, you know and alongside uh, Europe.
0: Have you had any made any forecasts or analysis of the place of nuclear in France' energy mix? I mean, will it st- stick around the seventy percent mark or will it fall down to fifty as it planned to do a few years ago?
2: So I've not done any specific analysis of of these of this topic, but what I can tell you is that. It will be not as strong, you know again, it takes time, right looking at how electricity is supplied, it will take time for nuclear to you know go off being the major producer, right, and at the same time, the growth of renewables is starting from a relatively speaking low place, especially in France, so that growth will continue will continue unabated. Um, I don't think we're going to go back to the days of, you know, the sort of like glorious, uh, 30, you know, between 1945 and 1975 in Germany, sorry, in Germany, in France, where after the, the, the war, there was a rebuilding, you know, industry rebuilding, you know, eventually nuclear, nuclear, um, industry built up and so on and so forth. We're not, you know, those days are a bit in the past, but what we do, and we'll see, is a continuation of nuclear because France cannot do without nuclear and neither can Europe without French nuclear to a large extent.
0: Paolo and Chris, thank you very much for joining the Montel Weekly Podcast.
2: Thanks.
0: Thank you. So listeners, you can now follow the podcast on our own Twitter account, aptly named the Montel Weekly Podcast. Please direct message any suggestions, questions or, you know, let us know if you, if you think you have a good idea for a guest on the show. You can also send us an email to podcast at montelnews.com. Lastly, remember to keep up to date with all that's happening in energy markets on Montel News. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts from. Thank you and goodbye.